Hey, and welcome to the Vintage Church at Buffalo podcast. Here you'll find a teaching for your life from God's Word by Pastor Wes Aram. So, let's get to it. So we're in a series, like I said before, Pray Now, based on 1 Thessalonians 5.17, Pray Continually. God wants us to be people who pray. We want to make it a habit. We want to make it a lifestyle. That's why we put together these bracelets that I'm wearing right now. It says Pray Now, uh, just as a reminder to cultivate the, uh, the habit and the idea of prayer throughout the day. So if you haven't got one yet, they're free. They're in the back on your way out. We still have some left. Uh, grab one, stick it on there, and let it be a reminder. It's like, man, I wonder when I should pray about this. Oh, pray now. That's a good idea. So that's, uh, that's how that's going to work. So it helps cultivate uh, an attitude uh, of prayer uh, throughout the day. So we've been learning some amazing things about prayer. And the last couple of weeks, we've been diving into uh, what Jesus uh, taught his disciples in terms of how to pray. We know it as the Lord's Prayer. You know, they never asked Jesus to teach them how to speak or how to do miracles or anything like that. They asked him, or teach us to pray. They wanted to connect with God the Father like Jesus connected with God the Father. And so Jesus lays out his teaching on what we've come to know as the Lord's Prayer. And we're going through this line by line because it is spectacular. Here's the thing about, about prayer. If we don't pray about something, you know what we're saying? Basically, we're saying, hey, God, I don't need you to be involved in that. I got this. I don't need you to be involved in this situation, this relationship, this whatever. Fill in the blank for you. If we don't pray about something, we're just telling God, hey, we got this. We don't need you. And that's not only stupid, that's disastrous. That's why God wants us to come to him. He, he is our father. That's why Jesus tells us to start off with our Father. We connect with God relationally. If you are here and you've invited Christ into your life, then you have a relationship with God. He is your Father. He is leaning all the way in towards you. There's no one more invested in you than He is. He sent His Son to die for you. And if you're here and you don't have a relationship with Jesus, you don't know if you're ever going to make heaven. If you died tonight, you're not sure you would. By the end of our time together, you're going to have an opportunity to make that decision. Like so many of us had that opportunity to say, yes, Jesus, come into my life. Be my Savior. The moment that happens, God you step into a relationship with Him, He becomes your Heavenly Father. It's intimate, it's personal, it's powerful. Next line, our Father, who art in heaven. We talked about that last week. Heaven is a place of position and power right, and perspective. God is almighty. He sees what we can't, right, and He is the ultimate authority. So when we go to Him in prayer, we are going to the highest authority in the universe. Now the line we're going to look at next, that comes next in the Lord's Prayer, keeps that idea of God's greatness going and just amplifies it. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. That's out of Matthew 6, 9. That's the passage we're looking at, at the text, Matthew 6, where Jesus teaches the Lord's Prayer. It's also contained in, in the Gospel of Luke, but we're sticking with the Matthew uh, 6 passage um, because prior to the Lord's Prayer, Jesus taught his disciples how not to pray. Now he kicks into how to pray. In the third line, Hallowed be thy name. Now, that's not a term that we use very often in our... Uh, so how many of you this week used hallowed? Anybody? Anybody happen to use it? Oh, two of you. Okay. Awesome. Bonus points for you guys. You get free bracelets. Awesome. Okay. Yeah. It's not, it's not a term we use uh, very often. And basically what it means uh, from a biblical perspective, it means to bless, to honor, to worship, and to declare as worthy. Right? So when you hallow something, that is what you are doing. You are declaring it is honorable, worthy of worship. You are in awe of it, and you want to bless and hold it up high. Hallowed be thy name, God's name. God's name is representative of all that he is, his person. So when you hallow his name, you're hallowing everything 
that God is all about because His name represents His person. Let me give you an example of how good that is. Psalm 910 says this, Those who know your name put their trust in you, for you, Lord, have never forsaken those who seek you. See, when you understand God's name, it engenders deep, awesome trust in you because you know who He is. You know that He'll come through because His name represents His person who you understand Him to be. For example, let's just say I'm coming into Buffalo uh, International Airport on a flight and because of all kinds of crazy things, my flight now, it was supposed to get in at 8.30, it doesn't get in until 3 o'clock in the morning and I'm told that someone's going to be there to pick me up. I'm a little nervous about that. 3 in the morning, Buffalo, I'm a little nervous about that. So I ask, hey, who's going to pick me up? And they say, Connie's going to pick you up. Instantly, my nervousness goes away. Why? Because Connie is my wife. There, her name, Connie, represents the person in my life who I know I can count on no matter what. 100% trust. Why? Because to me, Connie represents the person that I know her to be and I can trust her. Listen, you do this all the time. When somebody speaks a name to you that you know, instantly you have thoughts and beliefs about that person. It comes to you. Some are good, maybe some are not so good. Let me ask you a question. What comes to your mind when you hear the name God? Is it positive? Is it negative? Does it engender trust? See, if it doesn't, then you've got some wrong thoughts and some wrong beliefs about God. When we hallow His name, we are aligning our thoughts and we are aligning our beliefs with who He has declared Himself to be, who He is, and we are worshiping and honoring Him and being in awe of who He is. So it means to hallow His name. You're putting Him up here and you are declaring, God, all that you are, worthy to be worshipped. I am in awe of you. I bless you. I praise you. I want to honor you. It means that you declare Him to be both beautiful and worthy. Uh, on the one hand, He is beautiful. That means He is more desirable to you than anything or anyone ever. Including anything that He could give you in answer to your prayer. Do you really believe that? Do I really believe that? Do we really believe that? Do we really believe that God is better for us than anything he could ever give us. Because that's what the Bible tells us he is and who he is. And on the other hand, he's not only beauty, on the other hand, he's worthy. And that speaks to, again, the greatness of who he is, the immensity that God is outside of time and space, holy other, beyond anything we can totally grasp. But he communicates his heart and who he is to us through his word. But he is Massive, the almighty king of the universe. Worthy of every bit of honor and obedience we can give to him. He's worthy of it. Completely worthy of it. See, hallowing God's name means to declare the greatness of who he is. Because when we choose to do this, one of the benefits that comes to us, it brings our situations and our challenges into perspective. Right? Because so, awesome, so often we look at that and we are overwhelmed by these things. It's because we have a small view of God. But when we have a high view and a holy view and an all-encompassing realistic view of who God is based on His communication, His revelation in His Word, when we see Him for who He really is, all of a sudden, these things start to become in perspective for us. And if you need some help seeing God as massive and honorable as He is, here's an idea for you tonight. Go outside and look up at the stars. Just one thing. Just look up at the stars. You know, astronomers tell us that there are 9,096 stars that we can see with the naked eye. 
I do not know who came up with that number. I don't know the guy that they, they got, some intern, and hey, go count the stars. You know, I mean, I don't know. But I'm not going to do it, so I'm going to take their word for it. They, they say that's what it is. I'm like, okay. To the naked eye, 9,096 stars. Okay. But with telescopes and the Hubble's telescopes, astronomers tell us that there are three septillion, three septillion stars that are in existence. Three septillion. That's the number three with 24 zeros behind it. We can't even grasp how big that is. How big, and each one of those stars, each one, is putting out every second energy that equals one trillion atom bombs going off every second. Every star. And God spoke one word, and they came into existence. That's our God. Listen to what Isaiah 40, 26 says. It says this, Lift up your eyes and look to the heavens. Who created all these? He who brings out the starry host one by one and calls forth each of them by name. Because of his great power and mighty strength, not one of them is missing. Not one of them is missing. He names them. He not only created them, he names them all. I have trouble remembering the names of the people in my family. Yeah, I mean, Connie, Connie has 13 brothers and sisters. There's a lot of people going on there, and some of them are married and have kids, and I'm just like, give me a scorecard. I, just, I need some help. But you know what? God, he has no problem whatsoever. He names them all. And all of this exists in a universe that we are told is six billion light years across. Six billion light years, not just years, light years. That's how far light travels in one year. Six billion light, and it's expanding. And the universe is finite. God is infinite. He is great and he is worthy to be honored. So let me tell you how that can play out in our lives in a practical way. You've got the text in front of you. 2 Chronicles chapter 20. Before the Lord's Prayer was ever uttered by Jesus, the king here, Jehoshaphat, which by the way, that's a great name for a kid if you're looking for names. Jehoshaphat. Good luck finding a jersey with that, okay? Right? Josephat hallowed God's name in a very practical way. Chapter 20, verse 1. After this, the Moabites and Ammonites with some of the Meunites came to make war on Jehoshaphat. Jehoshaphat was king of God's people, Judah at that time. Some men came and told Jehoshaphat, a vast army is coming against you from Edom, from the other side of the sea. It is already in Hezazon, Tamar, which is in Gedi. Here's the situation. We can read the Bible sometimes and go, oh, isn't that interesting? This was a massive army. These guys were bloodthirsty. And when Jehoshaphat found out who was coming against him, he realized his people, they're going to be slaughtered. Imagine that. Imagine millions of ISIS soldiers intent on destroying everything about you is surrounding your town. And you hear that they are coming in. And you know what's going to happen. They're going to come in. And there's no way you can fight against them. Oh, maybe you may be able to take a few out. But at the end of the day, you're going to be killed. Your family's going to be killed in front of you. Your neighbors are going to be slaughtered in front of you. And the best thing you can hope for is that some of them will take them, uh, some of the people away as captives, as slaves. That's a best case scenario. But for the most part, they're going to be destroyed. They're going to be killed. They're going to be slaughtered. That is what Jehoshaphat as a leader, was facing. So look what he did. Verse 3. 
Alarmed, seriously, alarmed, Josephat resolved to inquire of the Lord, and he proclaimed a fast for all Judah. First of all, it says, he resolved to inquire of the Lord. Josephat shifted his focus from the seriousness of the situation to the seriousness of who God is. He shifted his focus. And when we are confronted with something, that's what we've got to do. The first thing we have to do is shift our focus. Shift our focus and put your eyes on your God. Put your eyes on who He's declared Himself to be. Fix your focus there. And then he says he declared a fast for all Judah, everyone in his kingdom. The people of Judah came together to seek help from the Lord. Indeed, they came from every town in Judah to seek Him. The reason they proclaimed a fast is that that was a way for them collectively to declare, this is serious, man. It doesn't get any more serious than this. And we are collectively, as a people, turning our eyes together and focusing and placing our attention on and placing our hope in God. That's what fasting was doing here. We're going to talk about fasting later on uh, in, this, in this series. But this is what was happening here. Now look at verse 5. Then Jehoshaphat stood up in the assembly of Judah in Jerusalem at the temple of the Lord in the front of the new courtyard. And this is what he said and declared to all the people. O Lord God of our fathers, are you not the God who is in heaven? You rule over all the kingdoms of the, of the nations. Power and might are in your hand, and no one can withstand you. O our God, did you not drive out the inhabitants of this land before your people, Israel, and give it forever to the descendants of Abraham, your friend? They have lived in it and have built in it a sanctuary for your name, saying, verse 9, If calamity comes upon us, whether the sword of judgment or plague or famine, we will stand in your presence before this temple that bears your name and will cry out to you in our distress, and you will hear us and save us. There's three things that he does here in this passage that we can do. First off, he says, verse 6, O Lord God of our fathers, are you not the God who is in heaven? You rule over all the kingdom of the nations. Power and might are in your hand and no one can withstand you. The first thing he does, he says, God, you are this. And he declares publicly and reminds himself and all the people who God is. That's number one. God, are you not this? Are you not this king of the universe? Are you not this ruler and you have all power? Are you not that? He declares who God is in his person. To himself as a reminder and to the people as a reminder. God, are you not? Are you not this? Next, second thing he does, verse 7. O oh, our God, did you not drive out the inhabitants of this land before your people and, and give Israel and give it forever to the descendants of Abraham and your friend? Second thing he declares is what God has done. Second thing, God, did you not do this? Did you not do this? Did you not have these actions in the past on our behalf? Third thing, verse 8, they have lived in it and have built in it a sanctuary for your name, saying, if calamity comes upon us, whether the sword of judgment or plague or famine, we will stand in your presence before this temple that bears your name, and we will cry out to you in our distress, and you will hear us and save us. Third thing, he reminds God of what he promised. So we can put it this way. I'm going to do something very dangerous and try to write on the board. I'm not very good at this, but here we go. First thing he says is this. God, you, it's supposed to be a capital Y, sorry. You are, bam. Second thing he says, God, you did Bam. Third, God, you 
said, bam, right there. These are the three things that God did, that, that, uh, that Jehoshaphat did. He said, this is a person of God. This is the works of God. These are the words of God. This is who He is. This is what He did. This is what He said. He calls out the things that God has done, that God has revealed about Himself through His person, His, His works, and His words. And He holds it up. He holds it up. That's what we do when we hallow God's name. We hold it up. So crowd participation time. I want you to think of something that, uh, that is a challenging situation in your life. And we all have them. For some of you, you're here, you're like, I got this little challenge. Some of you are like, man, I got this medium-sized challenge. It hurts, man. It's hard. Some of you are like, I am just had the wind knocked out of me this week kind of challenge. For you, as you think through the challenge, for you, what do you need to put in there? God, you are what? What do you need to put in there? What do you need to declare about what God has revealed himself to be for you in your situation? What now? I heard somebody. I said my peace. My peace. God, you are my peace. He's declared himself to be the prince of peace. He's the author of peace. You are my peace. Somebody else. What do you need? Powerful. Powerful. God, you are powerful. You need to remind yourself that this is who God is. This is what he's declared himself to be. What else for you? Trustworthy. Trustworthy. Healer. Healer. What? Sovereign. Sovereign. Okay. Some jump ball. I don't know what's going on right Okay, Abel, God, you are able. For me, you know what I put? God, you are my righteous. You are, you are righteous. That means, God, you, you are not going to let stuff that's not okay get by you. You're right. You are righteous. This is what we need to do. Secondly, God, you did. Think of, think of something that God has done in your past. An answer to prayer, a word of faithfulness. Think of the things that he's brought you through. Right? Think of that. Put those in there to remind yourself of what God has done for you. And if you're having trouble thinking of something, all right, just take your hand and put it to your neck and feel your pulse. All right? Because guess what? You don't control that. God does. He's the one who keeps your heart beating, your, your, your blood pumping, your brain waves waving. He keeps you that happening in your life. I know, it's so technical. I know I'm doing so technical for you. But... He, he's the one. Hebrews 1.3, he sustains all things by the word of his power. God does that. He's doing that for you. And as long as he's keeping you alive, he has a purpose for you. And that is something that he's doing. And it's something that he has done for you in the past and is doing for you now. You need, to, you need to go back through and remind yourself of the things and declare the things that God has done for you in the past that you have walked through, that he has walked you through. God, you said... What's a word of promise that God has given to you? Something that He has talked to you about. Something that He has promised you in His Word. That's why it's so important to be in the Word every day and to make notes. Man, write them in your Bible or write them in a journal because sometimes God's going to give you something right there that you need, right there in that moment. And sometimes He's going to give you something that He wants you to hang on to because He knows what's coming for you. And He wants to give you something that's going to prepare you. What did God say to you? As you're having trouble with this one, Think about you as a believer. What did God say to you about your future? It's going to be unbelievable, man. It's going to be beyond what we can even imagine forever. And guess what? As a believer, nobody can touch that. Nobody can touch your eternity because it's secure with God. Nobody can touch it. This is what he has said. This is what he has said. So when we take God 
and we declare who He is, what He has done, and what He has said, and we hold it up, and we say, God, this is who You are, this is what You've done, this is what You've said. You are worthy. You are awesome. We are hallowing God's name. That is your Father who will calm your fears and He will stir your heart. And why wouldn't we want to spend time with someone like that? Hallowed be thy name. Let's pray. Heads bowed and your eyes closed just for a moment. What did God say to you in answer to your prayer? You ask Him. You ask Him to say something to you. You ask Him to speak to you. I believe He did. If you're serious about it, God will always answer that prayer. He says, you'll seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. That means you want to hear from God. God says, I'll do it. So what did God talk to you about? And what do you need to do about it? Just take a moment and respond to Him right where you are. The head's bowed and eyes closed. No one looking around. If you're here and you've never invited Christ into your life, you do not know if you're going to make heaven or not. Or you, you say, Wes, I'm pretty sure I won't. See, being a good person, going to church, doing good things, it's not going to get you into heaven. Not by works of righteousness, which we do, the Bible tells us, but according to God's mercy, He saved us. See, we're sinners, and we need a Savior. But Jesus died on the cross to pay the penalty that we deserve to pay for our sin. John 3.16 said, For God so loved the world, He so loves you. He so loves you. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, Jesus, to die on the cross to pay for your sin, to be buried, to raise again on the third day. For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son that whoever, you, anyone, whoever believes in Him, surrenders their life, trusts in Him completely, say, Lord, I'm a sinner. I need a Savior. Save me. I'm all yours. Whoever says that, whoever believes that, will not perish in a place of justice and judgment called hell, but will have eternal life. A home in heaven. If you're a believer, just take a moment and thank God for that. Because that's where we're headed. If you're here and you're not, but man, while I've been talking, it's just like someone's putting their finger right in the middle of your chest saying, this is you. That is not me. I don't have that power. That's God. If you want to give your life to Jesus, see, I want to know I'm going to heaven. I want Christ in my life. Then I'm going to invite you to pray this prayer after me. Not out loud, in your heart. It's not magic. Prayer is the way that God has given us to share our desires and our hearts with Him. Say, Wes, I want to know I'm going to heaven. I want Jesus in my life. I want Him to forgive my sins. Then I'm going to invite you to pray this, not out loud, in your heart. Just say this. Just mean it. Just say this. Say, Dear Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. I know I can't save myself. I believe you died for me. That you have eternal life to give me. I want that. I want you. So right now I turn from my sin. I repent. I turn away from it. I don't want it. I turn to you. I trust you. So come into my life right now. I am all yours. Heads bowed and eyes closed. No one looking around. So many of us in this crowd tonight had an opportunity had a moment just like this. 
So if that's you and you just prayed it and you meant it, with no one looking around but me, I want to remember you in a closing prayer. So I'm just going to ask you to do, I just want you to raise your hand so I can see it. Say, Wes, I prayed it, I meant it. Here's my hand, man, pray for me. I just gave my life to Jesus. I meant it. Here's my hand, pray for me. If that's you, I just want to, no one looking around, I just want to pray for you. Somebody pray for me, I want to pray for you. God, thank you for a chance to be together tonight. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your truth. Jesus, thank you that you saved us. And thank you, God, that we can hallow your name. So help us this week to do that. Lord, help us to remind ourselves and declare the greatness of who you are and what you have done and what you have said. May that truth overtake us when the enemy lies to us, when the enemy wants to discourage us, when the enemy wants us to look at how, how awful things might be in our life. God, help us to focus on you. You are the God who sees and knows and cares and is greater than anything we'll ever experience. Help us to believe that, Lord. Help us to believe that you are better than anything we'll ever get. We pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Vintage Church at Buffalo podcast. To connect with us and to get more encouraging biblical content, go to vcb.church.